Yo, Whiskey Sick Podcast episode number 68. We ain't calling no penalties on this episode. Hit him with that motherfucking theme music. While she's on the side, hating faded lane on the pavement, wasting all of my patience. Come on, you gotta go. go ahead, put your bad self. You gotta get up, bag, but I ask now. Come on and get up. All the bags with my hands out. You gotta get up. Just that gotta make down. Motherfucker, get up. Go ahead, put your bad self. You gotta get up. All the bags, but I ask now. Come on and get up. All the bags with my hands out. You gotta get up. Just that gotta make down. Why don't you get up? the fuck is going on homies whiskey sick podcast episode number 68 this is yours truly seth gecko aka moody motherfucking hank and i'm coming at y'all fresh as a motherfucking daisy 10 a.m early start time here in dago bitch california sandy sandy lego on my motherfucking ego ya bitch beautiful weather not a cloud in the sky 75 degrees out there um, traffic moving uh, steadily. Um, some minor accidents down the down in the South Bay, uh, South Bay area. Expect some delays. But other than that, homies, I got some shit to talk about today on this episode of the Whiskey Sick Podcast. Um, you know, shit popped off since the last time I've been on here uh, with the NFL. Uh, last time I spoke to y'all was um, I think the night after. Triple Champ was born. Um, he's not rocking with me today. Um, him and the old lady uh, took a little day trip. So I said, fuck it. Take any opportunity I can to come holler at the homies on the podcast. So I, as soon as she walked out the door, made sure the gate didn't hit her on the ass on the way out. And just ran my little bitties up in here and started firing up the podcast. No, this is a this is complete freestyle. Sometimes I write little notes and shit, you know, so I kind of remember what the fuck I plan to talk about um, today. I, I'm just I'm just freestyling. I I didn't have this opportunity. Um, I didn't know that this opportunity was gonna uh, present itself. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but you know, it's perfect timing uh, after all the the fuckery uh, in the Dallas Cowboys game. Um, the refs fucked the Dallas Cowboys, and then uh, everybody wanted to act surprised when the refs fucked the goddamn Saints. Um, so we here at the uh, Whiskey Sick uh, podcast, uh, I'll be uh, up in front um, with this right off the get-go. Uh, we support the Not My Super Bowl hashtag, Not My Super Bowl, because um, this is not my Super Bowl. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the Patriots won the Super Bowl last week when they beat the Chiefs. Um, we don't recognize the fucking Rams. Uh, as NFC championship uh, champions, um, cute season, uh, 
didn't even deserve to get by the Dallas Cowboys if it wasn't for uh, the refs in that game. Um, yeah, oh, oh, what, what am I talking about? I, I can hear the, 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 the fucking little murmurs uh, through the airwaves of uh, people listening to this shit already. What fuckery? How about, have you ever seen your quarterback get sacked by his own offensive lineman while he's still standing? In the grasp, ain't nobody around him but his own lineman holding him, and they call him they call it a sack on third down and five right before the half, and we're about to go up 14 to 13. Instead, we have to fucking punt. Next thing we know, we're down 20 to 3. All sorts of bullshit going on in that game. Then in the NFC Championship game, y'all saw this shit. Yeah, there were there were some bullshit calls back and forth. There were some real trash calls. I get it. Uh, Goff had his little face mask grabbed one time. There was a, a, a some all, all kinds of stupid. But that shit at the end. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. How are you gonna tell me the only four people on the earth that didn't see that happened to be on that field on that exact moment? Oh, the only four people on the earth. The only four people on the earth. What are the chances, uh, the percentages, I need percentages, that all four of them, the only four people on earth that didn't see that shit, were on the field as referees during that fucking play. They could have had any other referees or anything, and they all would have saw that shit. As soon as that happened, I was expecting uh, just like fucking, like tsunamis worth of fucking flags to come flying and rushing onto the field just to see a fucking yellow. Just overtake the whole fuck, all the players and shit. That's how many flags I was expecting. Said I saw droughts, grapes of wrath shit, dust clouds, tumbleweeds, nothing, not a damn thing. That's the two things I got. Nothing and not a damn thing. Fuck the motherfucking Rams. That ball would have been down inside the the fucking four-yard line, three-yard line. All they have to do is kneel on the ball three times and kick a 15-yard field goal. Now, is that 15-yard field goal 100% is going in? No, but it's 99% going in. Fucking dude with one leg could kick that shit from there. Damn. So that game was fucking over now. You can say, oh, they, the Saints had their opportunity to win in in overtime. They did. They did. But it shouldn't have been in. It shouldn't have even been there. The game was over. You can't cause a, an egregious penalty like that. So the Rams got gifted two games, and the next thing you know, they're in the fucking Super Bowl. Highly overrated. Defense is trash. Um, offense ain't ain't shit. Ain't shit. Without the all, all the bullshit penalties called on the Cowboys, they wouldn't have scored 30 points. Um, it did run all over our ass. I didn't expect that. I didn't know where that fucking run game, that little fucking uh, C.J. Anderson, the fucking, uh, he looks like that dude, um, dude on the Chappelle show, Ashley Larry. Ashley Larry out there in a fucking C.J. Anderson jersey fucking running all over the Dallas Cowboys 200, 200 fucking yards. Uh, it was fucking crazy. Uh, Cowboys gave up 275 yards rushing uh, to Ashley Larry and Todd Gurley. And then Todd Gurley decided he wasn't going to show up for the fucking NFC Championship game, dropping pass, passes all over the field. Got his ass benched for Ashley Larry. Got his motherfucking ass bench for Ashy Larry. How does that make you feel, Todd Gurley? You were playing like your name is pronounced, motherfucker. And that's not a shot at you, you ladies. I know some of y'all could play football, especially for the fucking Rams. Motherfuckers wouldn't even be in there if it wasn't for the refs. This is this is up there. I'm telling you right now. This is where's Eddie Bravo at? This is chemtrails. This is who shot JFK. This is flat Earth. 
This is this is conspiracy shit. Uh, who knocked down the twin tower shit? This is conspiracy shit. The NFL on their conspiracy on their J. F. Kennedy grassy no shit right here. On their moon landing shit right here. That's what the fuck this is. I call shenanigans. I throw up the hashtag, not my motherfucking Super Bowl. I will be watching that shit. I'll be saying and acting and pretending I won't be watching that shit, but I'll be watching that shit. This is two years in a row. I'm forced to root for my the my my second favorite team to root against. Number one is the Eagles. I can't stand them motherfuckers. And last year, I had to root for the Patriots, who are my number two team that I don't ever fucks with because I hate the Eagles that much. And now this year, I have to root for the Patriots again. I have to root for Tom Brady. I have to root for him to get number six. He's in his ninth Super Bowl. Him as a quarterback has been in nine Super Bowls. Think about that shit. Or is it the Patriots have been in nine Super Bowls? Because he's five. Let's see. Let's, let's talk through this. He lost three of them, and he's won five, right? So, yeah, this is his ninth Super Bowl with Belichick. He's been to more Super Bowls than the Cowboys have as a fucking... He's been to the same amount of Super Bowls, I believe, as the Steelers. As, as the fucking 49ers. By himself. Him and Belichick. Another fucked up game that shit was. That was some bullshit too. How you gonna call that fucking uh, interception with 50 seconds left? Tom Brady blows it. Just like he did in the Super Bowl the year before. And what do they do? They bail him out with the Randy Gregory lined up in the neutral zone on some bullshit. Some shit that had nothing to do with the fucking play. They call it. Gives Tom Brady another chance. And of course he goes down and scores. And before that. In overtime, these motherfuckers on third down are going to have to punt. And they call a bullshit uh, uh, hands to the face on Brady and it hit him in the shoulder. Was that in regulation? At some point, there was one. I think it was on the last drive of the game. uh, They were going to have to fucking punt. uh, Or it was going to go fourth down or some shit like that. And they called this fucking uh, personal foul hands, hands to the face. And it was just a guy hitting him on the shoulder pad. It's wild. Um, I don't know what the hell happened to the Chiefs in the first... uh, First half of that game, zero points, and then you scored 31 in the second half? You couldn't give me any points? None? You couldn't even give me two? Uh, safety or some shit? You got me no points. So I had to watch uh, Kermit the Frog and, and his little clan uh, fall short in their little comeback. Never even got to touch the ball in, over- in overtime. That's some bullshit there. Both teams should get the play. They need to go to the college overtime. That's what needs to fucking happen. They need to go to college, OT, and just play it out that way. That shit is sick. Or at least give both teams a possession. Whether they score a touchdown or not, you get a possession. And then after that, it's sudden death. Whoever scores first now after that, after they each got a possession. Let Patrick Mahomes go down there and fucking score on that ass. Let's go back and forth. Let's see this shit. Let's trade shots. You know, let's make this fucking uh, fucking heavyweight title fight. Just back and forth, slobber knuckle, knocker, knocker, whatever the fuck I said. So now we got this bullshit uh, Super Bowl for a second year in a row. Patriots for the third time in a year, uh, third time in a row in the goddamn Super Bowl. And still, you know what? This isn't even the biggest headline in the NFL. Because one motherfucker stole everybody's shine. You know who I'm talking about. Mr. 
Adam Gase, the former um, uh, head coach of the Dolphins, the now current uh, newly hired head coach of the New York Jets, Adam Gase. Tell me about that. Tell me about it. Adam Gase. My man fucking coked up, snoked up, loped up, choked up. Out of his motherfucking gore. Some people said it might have been, um, might have been some pills, and he was, you know, maybe this motherfucker uh, was just trying to fit in uh, with the new millennials he'll be coaching. Um, they all uh, speak that pill language, so maybe this motherfucker was uh, on his uh, Rosetta Stone, learning that pill language himself, all, all, all fucking twacked out of his motherfucking mind, uh, eyes rolling in his head. Shit was wild. Motherfucking Adam Gase is howling at the moon. Homie was out there <clears throat> on, on the news conference day one with his new bosses and shit. Out there looking like those little, uh, those aliens, those tall skinny aliens from Men in Black and shit. Now they take over your body. Remember that shit took over that dude's body, the mechanic looking dude, and he was rolling around looking like that shit. He looked like a... Like the crab people from South Park took over Adam Gase's body and went up there and gave a fucking press conference. Jets fans are over here like, man, you know, as 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 pissed off as as Cowboy fans are every goddamn year, as as the Saints have been in the last two years, the way they've gone down, as Saints fans are now, as, as mad as we are, it could be worse, homies. You could be Jets fans. They get a fucking coach, Adam Gase. What the fuck has this guy ever done? Nothing. They saw this, you know this dude showed up in the interview looking the exact same way. Homie came there, he applied on Indeed.com, Monster.com, sent his fucking resume to the Jets. They, they happened to look at it, they called him in for a motherfucking interview, and he showed up just like that. And they didn't sense anything was wrong with homie. They had just finished the interview and just ushered him out straight to the conference. And, and, and that's the present state that he was in. Out there looking like the men in black skinny ass aliens and shit. Possessed by the crab people out there making a fucking ass of himself. <laughs> he instantly memed. And they, they told him, they straight up asked him the next day, like, how does it feel to be a worldwide meme? And he, he, he said, I don't, I don't know what a meme is or some shit. The classic, like, when you get dogged by somebody and you say, well, who's that? I don't even know who that is. It's the only thing you can think to say because they burned you so bad. You know, you over there looking for the fucking... Neil Sporn, you got burned. Adam Gase getting burned every second of the day. Damn. Imagine being his family. They're like, what the fuck, Dad? Got into little Johnny's, uh, little, little, uh, little Johnny's uh, oxy stash or some shit. Little homie uh, had to go to school and uh, Adam Gase was uh, in his son's uh, room or some shit. Stumbled upon his stash. Got fucking zipped up, Willie. Showing up for fucking NFL press conferences. Well, congratulations, man, on the job. Um, Indeed.com. All you have to do is upload your resume. Maybe the Mets will call you, you know? Those trash-ass teams up there. I don't know. Um, but that that was some wild shit. That was the biggest story of the NFL was Adam Gase, as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, but so in two weeks, man, there you have it. Uh, in two weeks, we have the 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 trash ass Super Bowl. Um, I'll be sitting there watching the fucking shit. What am I gonna say? What am I gonna do? What else am I gonna do on Super Bowl Sunday? Watch the Puppy Bowl. Yeah, I have a fucking my own little jerk off, um, self pity, uh, fucking jerk off session upstairs or some shit. I I don't know. Just kick uh, kick kick triple champ and and his mammy out the door and say leave daddy alone for the day or some shit. I don't know. Plans are still up in the air. What the fuck else went on? Um. Oh yeah, one other thing. I was gonna, I've mentioned this before. I just I just thought of this shit. These fucking refs. When we have the uh, when when somebody fucks up, when a player fucks up, when they do something stupid, um, homie who lined up off sides, a uh, perfect example of that shit. The homie last year from from the Saints who uh, got burned on that last last play by uh, Stefan Diggs uh, in the last second on that hail mary. Uh, all those people, uh, anybody who misses the last shot in the game in a NBA game, no matter what happens, you have to go. And it's a, and in the NFL, you have to you have to uh, do uh, you have to talk to the press. You have to be interviewed. That's the old Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Shit. You actually have to show up and you have to fucking talk about this. Why the fuck? And I mentioned this on on, on the Whiskey Sick podcast two years ago when this shit started rocking, year and a half ago. Um. Why don't the refs have to give a press conference? Why can't they go and answer questions? They should have to talk to the media. They they should have a booth for them set up with the microphones, and they should have to sit there and answer questions. You got to explain to me how all four of you dumb fucks, or however many of you well, were on the goddamn field, uh, were y'all hanging out with Adam Gase at any time in the last 24 hours? That's what we got to know. That's the first question. Were any of y'all? kicking it with Adam Gase in the last 24 hours 24 to 48 hours that dude's on some he's howling at the moon he's probably on some he's he's on some fucking nuclear shit 48 hours before before the game how the fuck did you guys not see that shit what the fuck were y'all thinking because there's there's a, a perfect shot of three refs staring right at the play right at the play and and seeing it like you can't tell me bang bang this shit happened, bang, bang, human error. Nah, homie, I saw that shit in real time. That was a clear pass interference, clear as day. Homie even admitted it, that, that homie, the Rams player admitted, I don't know his fucking name, and I ain't gonna learn your motherfucking name, you buster ass. Dave and buster ass motherfucker. He said, I was burned. I went over there and was willing to take it just so I wouldn't get burned on the touchdown. I knew it was going to be a penalty. Shit didn't come. What do you want me to do? I want you to throw a penalty on your goddamn self. I want you to have one tucked away at all times. Every player tucked away with their own flag to throw a flag on their goddamn self when they know they've they've been uh, cheating on the goddamn field because that was blatant cheating. Fight talk now. Moving right along. Crazy uh, weekend of fights. Um, If y'all missed that shit, um... I think I picked every single fight wrong again. Uh, I don't know. Probably. Uh, I'm not doing so well. 2019 isn't uh, a great year so far for your boy Moody Hank with the golden picks. Um, yes, I did pick the uh, Chargers and Cowboys to win uh, their their said games too, and I, I was completely wrong on that. Um, picked the Saints over the Rams. Fucking wrong on that. Picked KC over the Patriots. I was fucking wrong on that. So... I don't know what to tell y'all. 
I just put my feelings on, on the fucking, I put it on wax, and whatever happens outside of that happens on side of that. But I will say this for myself. At least I put my shit on wax, motherfuckers. Know how many people after something happens, they say, oh, I told you this was gonna happen. You didn't tell me shit, homie. You didn't put it on wax. You didn't tell me shit. So anyways, we had, we had um, Donald Cerrone fighting a little, a little, little bulldog. I thought he was going to lose. I, I had Alex Hernandez winning this uh, this fight. Not because I thought he was like technically this great fighter or anything like that. And I don't really think he's that great. I think he's one of those uh, high-pressure type of fighters. When you're a high-pressure fighter, when you just come and just throw bombs and just move straight forward and get in people's faces and have great cardio, you can go really far. That's how you get up in the ranks. There's two ways to get up in the ranks in your like, local circuits and shit. You're either a great wrestler who can take people down, hold them down, and just win a bunch of fights like that, or you're just a guy who's overly aggressive and just fucking finishes people in like 15 seconds. That's kind of what Alexander Hernandez is. He does have skills. He does switch stances. He has some shit. Um... But I just thought he was going to overwhelm Donald Cerrone. Going back down to 155, hasn't had the cut in a while. Uh, hasn't looked great, even though I know he won that Mike Perry shit. Um, he hasn't looked great, especially on his feet. He just looks slower to me. And this was this fight was no different. He came out and he looked like trash. Alex Hernandez w- was, was eating him up very early in that fight. Very early in that fight. Uh, maybe like two and a half minutes up, up until about the two and a half, three minute mark of the first round. And then Donald Cerrone started landing some, started landing some shots. Started looking for, started landing that right hand, started landing some knees early on. He was telegraphing his, his knees and his right hand, and he was just eating punches. Um, but he looked slow, still has no head movement, didn't look good. But somehow, some way, Donald Cerrone started piecing this little motherfucker up, this young little motherfucker up. He started piecing him up. Next thing you know, you're like, this dude's going to do it again. And he did. Sure enough, he beat him. I think he TKO in the second round, man. He beat this youngster, this young up-and-coming lion. And so good for him. And, you know, then he calls out uh, uh, Connor, uh, Mr. McGregor. McGregor McGregor immediately responds on Twitter, says, all right, let's do it. Cool. I'll take that fight. Donald Cerrone versus versus, uh, Connor McGregor. That's a perfect fight for Connor McGregor. Guy that doesn't move his head, stands perfectly upright, um, easy to counter. Um, I I think... uh, Nate Diaz is is a trickier, better boxer, stand-up fighter. And you saw it when uh, Nick fought Donald Cerrone, pieced Donald Cerrone up for two fucking rounds until he started eating mad leg kicks. And then that third round went to Donald Cerrone. He was making a little comeback in that third round. But the first two rounds, Nate was piecing Donald Cerrone up. And you saw what Connor did in both of those fights. Even though he lost the first one, he was countering. He was countering over the top of everything uh, Nate, uh, Nick Diaz was throwing, or Nate Diaz was throwing. And, and so... I think this is a perfect matchup uh, for Connor. I think he knows that. That's why he accepted it. So, because he he's looking at this guy, he's a standing still target. Connor needs to get back onto his movement, start hitting his angles again, start letting his punches flow instead of looking for one big left hand. Quit pawing and, and measuring with the right hand and just holding it out as a measuring tool. Pump fucking jabs, pump one twos, move off of them like you used to do. Get that in and out movement that you had against uh, um, uh, fucking. The homie that he knocked out in 13 seconds. Um, forgetting his fucking name. I can see him right. Jose Aldo. God damn. Fucking still, still on that. Fucking still smoking this. The finest greenery, homies. Still. But anyways, that's a perfect matchup for Connor because that's one he can he can absolutely win and he should win. It's made tailor made for him to win. Um, he's gonna be quicker. He's just gonna be more savvy. And he should dominate. He should dominate a guy like like Donald Cerrone, unless. 
Donald Cerrone don't fuck around and gets this fight to the ground. If he takes Conor McGregor down, it's going to be a long night. If that's the game plan, he can win this fight. If he lets his ego go in there and he, he lets the people get in his ear and he lets Conor get in his ear and he goes in there and tries to prove something on his feet, he's going to lose the fight. Just depends how he wants it. Does he want to win the fight? Does he not give a fuck about winning the fight and he just wants to make it a dope fight? That could be, who cares? I mean, he says he's going to try to get a title at 155. Uh, uh, he's never going to win a title at 155 in, in, in anywhere. I know Cerrone's the baddest motherfucker, most wins in the UFC ever, um, most fights ever. Um, he's got like 40 UFC fights or 40 Zufa fights, which is 30 UFC fights, and then 10 WEC fights, which was like the minor leagues to, uh, of the UFC back in the day before the UFC. They were run by basically the UFC and, and that was their like minor leagues where they had their that was only like 155 and 145 pounders down there they didn't have those guys up in the UFC at the time when Cerrone was uh fighting for the WEC um but I don't know it, it's a cool it's a cool matchup it's a fun matchup it's two good uh names uh, definitely a headlining card I don't think it breaks records or anything like that but it's still dope um, so that, that's that's dope um the Greg Hardy shit uh I ain't gonna even um address that um that shit was fuckery at its finest. Um, that I, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with that shit. If you want that shit on, on the card, then at least, you know, make it the first fight on the fucking card. But you, you got, listen to these names. You got Glover Teixeira. You have Paige Van Zant, who's been a, a pretty big star. You have a guy like Joseph Benavidez, who's been like the number one contender his whole fucking career. Um, this dude, Gregor Gillespie himself, is a, is a killer. Yancy Medeiros has had some, uh, some dope fights. You you have Donald Cerrone. Uh, you had all these names on here, and you had Greg Hardy as your co-main event. That's disrespectful to all of those motherfucking fighters on there, all of them. Um, so uh, T DQ, whatever the fuck happened to him, fuck him. Um, hope we don't have to see that shit again. Um, Greg Hardy isn't very good. Um, he's, he's basically, uh, if you talk shit to him in a bar, he'll knock you the fuck out. I don't advise that. Uh, if you're, you're in a locker room or something, snapping towels, don't be snapping Greg Hardy's ass with no motherfucking towel. He's going to knock you the fuck out. In the UFC, he ain't knocking nobody the fuck out. You couldn't even knock this, uh, Crowder dude. I don't even know what the fuck he was. Um, uh, looked like he worked at Ace Hardware Store or some shit. I don't know. Uh, he just showed up and, and, and fought this dude named Greg Hardy, and, and it, it looked like trash. It looked like me trying to take down uh, somebody. I can't take nobody down. It looked like me trying to take down my mama or some shit. That's what Alan Crowder looked like. It, look, it looked sad. Um, Greg Hardy, uh, stand-up isn't very good. He just hits hard. He's just a big, powerful fucking dude that played football for a long time and was very good. Uh, he was probably at one point the best defensive lineman up until he, you know, got into that fucking trouble and, uh, Panthers cut him up until that. He was like the number one dude in the league. He's a bad motherfucker. Skills in, in, in you, there's nobody other than the name Alan Crowder that this dude in, in the UFC right now in, in the heavyweight ranks that he, he could beat. You could imagine him fighting a guy like Ngannou, give him somebody like, uh, even like, um, like uh, Stefan Struve, give him a Stefan Struve, give him a Mark Hunt, give him, give him one of those dudes. They'll, they'll, they'll end his life. They'll shang to sung, steal his motherfucking soul in the middle of that goddamn cage. I guarantee you that shit. Um, so uh, fuck you, Greg Hardy. Uh, I know he was a D boy for a little while. I, I fucking can't stand that shit. Uh, and then we had Suhudo versus T.J. Dillashaw. 
Was it called too early? It was. It was just a little too early. Just a tad bit. Was it a horrible? Was it like some fucking uh, Saints-Rams ripoff? It wasn't that kind of robbery. Uh, but it was. It was suspicious, but... At the same time, TJ was flopping all over the goddamn uh, canvas like a like a fucking dying fish, like a fish out of water. He was just flopping all over like a mermaid, uh, just yanked out the fucking ocean. Um, he just looked. He he, it, he was probably gonna get finished either way, from what it looked like. But the killing, the the final kill shot, the fatality was not was not there. Henry Cejudo didn't absolutely finish him. Um, it looked like he caught TJ with some random punch on the back of the head like just during an exchange it wasn't like an uh, it, it was any kind of it was kind of like the punch that conor mcgregor landed on um uh, dustin poirier that put him down it was it was real similar to that and it was real similar to the punch that um matt sarah landed on gsp it was like a behind the back of the head kind of hook uh that kind of set that whole fucking uh upset in the motion that was kind of how this was i was quoted as as they were about to, you know, say fight, I, I was quoted as saying, there is no way in figgity fuck TJ Dillashaw loses this fight. There's no fucking way. Fast forward 34 seconds later, TJ Dillashaw got TKO'd and lost a goddamn fight. Um, so, I, like I said, I haven't been on a good run. Uh, right now, whatever I say, go against me and you're probably going to do fantastic. Um, but Henry Cejudo, fucking man, he got one of those dope, those UFC belts now. Those things are dope. Those things are super dope. Just to have that, fuck, man. Um, so, yeah, they definitely need a rematch. Go up to 135. Uh, fuck it, why not? Henry Cejudo there, like, well, he's discrediting the 125-pound division that they're trying. he's trying to keep. If he's fighting it, why wouldn't he just stay and defend it in 120? Because he wants two belts, motherfuckers. Period. He just beat the dude that was supposed to smash, uh, smack his ass around, the greatest 145-pounder or 135-pounder basically ever. He just smashed him and didn't get a second belt for it. So now if he's going to smash him again, he wants to be a champ champ too. Until the champ champ champ, the triple champ, in a few years is ready to take his fucking crowns. Of course he wants to go up to 135. He wanted to go up to 135 to begin with so he could win two belts. That's why T.J. Dillashaw wanted to come down so he can win two belts. Who do you give it to? I don't know. They did it once. Eh? Hey, let, let's, uh, I guarantee you that the fight at 135 is not going to go the same way. You know, T.J. isn't going to have to come in there looking like a, a fucking um, like a fucking skeleton. He, he rolled up in there um, and he looked bad. He uh, emaciated. Homie, homie looked like, uh, you ever seen that, mach- uh, that, that movie Machinist? Uh, with the guy that played uh, Batman, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, go look that shit up, the Machinist movie. Google that shit right now. Uh, what's homie's name? I'll Google that shit right now. God damn it, real time. Um, that's what this dude looked like. That's what T.J. Dillashaw looked like walking into this motherfucking cage. There was no, he cut so much weight, 125, 125 fucking pounds, dude. That's fucking crazy. Let's see, Machinist. The Machinist. What's this guy's fucking name? I can't believe I can't remember this dude's name. Christian Bale. God damn it. Christian Bale. Go look at... Go Google The Machinist and then take images and and look at the first fucking picture that shows up. TJ Dillashaw against Henry Cejudo. 
You'll see two two perfect examples of TJ Dillashaw over there looking like like Christian Bale and the Machinist. Go up to 135, rewrite the record books, and, and beat Henry Cejudo. And, and there's no way Henry Cejudo could beat TJ Dillashaw again. TJ just didn't, he came in, he didn't even expect to get rushed like that. He just looked like he wasn't prepared for Henry Cejudo to get all up in his ass right off the bat. Like he was, he was, he was just caught off guard by how aggressive Cejudo was. And perfect game plan for Cejudo. Not take anything away from him because he, he won that fight. He went and got in that dude's, he got in TJ's ass, showed him he wasn't, he, he wasn't playing games. He got, he was throwing kicks uh, straight up the middle, uh, snap kicks. He, he was coming with some shit. And he caught him, but he just didn't finish him, in my opinion. But he still deserved a dub. He he straight up won that won that fight. But 135, I don't think that happens. I, even if they fought at 125 again, I don't think that happens. TJ's got to come out and get not be put backwards. I don't. He's he's very rarely does he go back. I mean, he's fought. You could say, hey, he, he just fought. You know, Cody Garbrandt. That dude's a, a real aggressive dude. But especially if you look at the second time, he really wasn't as aggressive, like moving forward wise and getting in his face. He was more reactive, kind of t- uh, TJ. Um, TJ likes to get up in there, start start dancing a little bit, switching stances on you, hitting you with little jabs and little 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 redirects and shit like that. He likes to put put hands on you a little bit and fill you out and, and dance a little bit. He didn't get that chance. He landed some big leg kicks and then that was about it for him. Um, uh, solid card though. Overall, the card w- was pretty solid. Just get rid of that Greg Hardy bullshit. Um, the next fucking uh, card. God damn, the next fucking card. This shit is uh, on the Super Bowl. I think it's the day before the Super Bowl. Uh, is it the second upcoming upcoming events? Sunset versus Marais. When's that? I'll see. I was thinking John Jones or something was coming up. For some reason. Oh, yeah. They announced Pettis versus Thompson. Pettis going up to 170 pounds. Not a good look for my man. Oh, fuck. That's all about. Um, that's just going to be a tough, tough fight for him. Um, when, let's see what this was. Um, I thought, it said two, UFC 235. Let's see. UFC 235. I have a Sun Sal. I think it's March 2nd. I think they got this date right wrong. For some reason, I thought uh, the big uh, John Jones fight was coming up uh, on Super Bowl, but that's not true. Ah, crazy, crazy me. Uh, Asuncao versus Marais is next. And I think um, if I'm not, yeah, Jose Aldo's fighting on this shit. And he's going to get his ass kicked. Let's let's look at this shit. So Jose Aldo was supposed to be um, Marciano. Marciano almost beat... um, uh, T-City Brian Ortega. He, he had him all but beaten to uh, just box his ears in for first two rounds and then got tired and got caught in the guillotine and late in the third round and lost to uh, Brian Ortega. Otherwise, he was beating Brian Ortega pretty good. Um, kind of a lot like how Max Holloway was doing him. Um, let's see this shit. Um, so he's fighting Jose Aldo, which is a big come up for him to get to fight Jose Aldo. Um, Jose Aldo was supposed to be the main event, but he actually wanted to fight a three-round fight. So you can't be the main event if you want to fight a three-round fight. You say, well, why does he want to do that? Maybe cardio shit. Maybe just, you know, less damage. It's two whole rounds. You don't have to fight this guy. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely strategy. Um, I don't blame him. Five rounds, five five five-minute rounds is a long time to fight an MMA fight. Uh, You take a lot of damage. 
He's getting older. Uh, he's probably not going to be a fucking champion uh, ever again. Um, not at 145. Hinato Moicano, uh, he's a bad motherfucker. I see him as the next kind of guy that could really give a Holloway maybe a little bit of trouble um, at 145 if Holloway doesn't go up. Um, I'm going to take Moicano on that. You got uh, Damian Myers fighting that. Who gives it? Rafael Sunsal versus Marlon Moraes. They fought before. I think it was Marlon Moraes' first fight in the UFC. And it was very, uh, very um, technical. Um, Rafael Sunsal got the decision. It was very close. Uh, not a lot of action. Marlon Moraes wasn't very aggressive in that fight. I think he got the UFC jitters and that shit. If he comes out aggressive, I got Marlon Moraes winning this. But Rafael Sunsal is like the hardest guy to beat. And he's not out here knocking people out and submitting people. He's just very hard to outpoint. He's just very hard to just beat on points or any otherwise. You can't finish him. You can't outpoint him. He just does just enough to kind of, uh, you know, uh, win these fights and, and, and stop you from doing what you want to do. And, and, but Mar- and he did that to Marlon Moraes the first time they fought. But Marlon Moraes is a motherfucker. Um, he's another guy that needs to fight Max Holloway. That's the only other fight uh, that makes—no, this is 135. My bad. Marlon Moraes should fight T.J. Dillashaw if he wins this fight. Rafael Sunsau has beaten T.J. Dillashaw. So um, that's a good thing. You know, T.J. loses this fight. He still has his belt. You know, um, Chael Sonnen was talking about how he there was no pressure on him because if he loses, he's still a champ. You know, if, uh, if Cejudo had lost, he's no, he's no longer a champ. You know, who has more on the line? Um, so that's what's coming up in the UFC. They announced that John Jones is fighting this fucking card. This fucking card is nasty. Um, let me read this shit off to y'all. Um, UFC. I thought it was 235, but this is this is the projected card. It's probably going to be like July or something. I don't know. But it's John Jones versus Anthony Smith. You got the co-main event, Woodley versus Kamaru Usman. You have Garbrandt versus Moonhoves. You have Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Magomed Sharipov. Sharipov. <sighs> that one's a killer fucking fight. Home versus some chick, and then St. Prue is fighting uh, Sirkinov. That's crazy. That's a crazy-ass card. Um, so there's that shit. Um, let me save this shit before I lose all my fucking gold. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I got some. I got to put y'all on to some sick-ass shit I just saw. Last week, y'all know, I was talking about the R. Kelly. Um, what was it? Uh, it was. He had some savage-ass Surviving R. Kelly, some savage-ass title, Surviving R. Kelly. I got all up in on that shit. Um, that was wild, and I just found another one. Not on the same level, and I'm not comparing them at all, um, but just as, as a good show that just dropped on Netflix. We actually, back in the day of the Whiskey Sick Podcast, early, I mean in the first, I want to say in the first 20 episodes, we talked about this shit when it happened. Uh, me and Whiskey, back in the day when Whiskey was on here, um, about when Ja Rule uh, was having this festival out in the Bahamas on this, like, supposedly it was like this little island, um, deserted island. Um, they were going to throw this festival card called uh, the Fire Festival. And apparently, like, there was nothing there. Like, everybody got there, and it was just a bunch of fucking tents, and their food was literally uh, two pieces of bread and a piece of a, a slice of American cheese. Shit wasn't even cheddar. It was that American cheese pasteurized shit. And, and then, like, a piece of lettuce, like, in one of those school styrofoam uh, holders. Like, that was what they got. And then they're, they're, they got these little fucking tents that you would buy at, like, sports chalet or some shit. No bullshit. Like, they paid, like thousands of dollars to go to this fucking thing it was supposed to be some high-end um 
high-end like uh, festival for only the elite. Um, this guy named Billy was running this shit. Me and, and Ja Rule was like helping to promote it. They were using his name. Uh, they were going to have Blink-182, Ja Rule, I'm assuming. Uh, a bunch of big names. A bunch of big names were associated with performing there. So the festival, like at the time when me and Whis- Whiskey were talking about it, we thought that like they just completely like just didn't do anything like they just sold them tickets and then these guys just showed up and it was just this island where like Amelia Earhart crashed or some shit and spent her last like 15 days on earth on this fucking island and that's where these people showed up or some shit um but apparently like they actually did it's called uh fire fest i think it's just called fire f-y-r-e it's on uh, it's on netflix you turn on your netflix tonight it'll be like one of the first things you see look at this shit watch this shit um it's incredible. This was actually a real thing. Like, I had no idea that they really tried to set this up. I thought they just completely, they did completely uh, uh, flim flam, bamboozle, horn swoggle, whatever the fuck you want to say, uh, uh, run amok on all, all these motherfuckers. Um, they led them astray. Uh, but I thought they just had no intentions of actually doing anything. But they actually tried to put this together. The problem was this guy named Billy uh, McFarlane. Billy McFarlane. Uh, just a fucking... Um, just this frat boy, dad bod, having ass looking motherfucker. Uh, this socialite or some shit like that. Uh, he was involved in this... Um, I don't know. He's starting a credit, high-end credit card company or some shit. Anyways, he, starts, he, he gets with uh, Job Rule. Why Ja Rule? This is the whole time I was watching this thing. Why Ja Rule? This is like 2017. Why are you, why is Ja Rule even involved in this? Like, no, no millennial know who, knows who the fuck Ja Rule is. He put out one dope album and then Eminem killed his whole entire fucking career. And he was the original MGK before, you know, Eminem had to roast MGK. He was the original dude. He's like the poster child of getting roasted so bad that your career's ending. And that, and he turned into a knockoff LL Cool J just making love songs with Jennifer Lopez and shit. He hasn't been relevant in... 15 years, his first album, I've always admitted, is Vinny Vitavici is a fucking classic, this shit is dope as fuck, like he, he, he was on there with Jay-Z and DMX, he had some dope ass fucking tracks on there, I thought he was gonna be the next dope dude, and then he turned into some fraudulent ass motherfucker, anyways he disappeared, so I don't know why if you're trying to start an elite festival, this dude's even involved in this shit, but they start trying to put this fucking festival together, um, and, and they just don't have the funds to do it. Not only that, they lied about the fucking uh, island. It wasn't a deserted island. They edited the photos and shit. They had a bunch of. They paid for a bunch of uh, uh, models, like high end models, to come out and 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 film them uh, partying. Uh, quotation marks uh, partying out in the middle of the fucking uh, in the ocean at this fucking. Uh, on this island and shit, and then they posted all over Facebook and Instagram and shit, and got people really excited in the shit, and, and, and apparently they started selling a whole bunch of tickets to it, and uh, it's wild, man, they couldn't put it all together, they had every single person that lived on the island, they hired them to try to put up these these rickety ass tents, and it rained the day, the day before the event was supposed to happen, so all the tents got washed out, um, there was one bar slash restaurant on the whole island. There was no electricity on the island. This island was so like primitive, it didn't even have like street lights or anything like that. And there was like one bar slash restaurant, and everybody started landing uh, on this island to to go to this fucking festival. All these young people, you look at them and you look at them, and, and they're like dummies. Like they they they're classic dumb fucks, millennial morons. Why the fuck they bought this? 
I wasn't feeling sorry for these motherfuckers one bit. I was giggling. How the fuck did you fall for this shit? Shame on you. You spent four grand to go see Ja Rule on a fucking island? You's an idiot, homie. You's a moron. You deserve to get jacked. But anyways, this poor lady who runs this restaurant has like 10 workers. They literally have to work 24-hour shifts, and she couldn't even afford to pay all her workers. So she had to go into her own, her own personal savings and pay her fucking workers. So she was out 50 grand. All the workers that they had on the island that were trying to put up these tents and trying to put all this shit together, all of them got stiffed. They didn't get paid for shit. None of them got paid. This dude, Billy, fucking flew out in the middle of the night, got the fuck out of there. People started fucking looting and, and, and turning these tents over, and, and it turned all fucking crazy. Um, at one point, this dude, Billy, who was trying to run this whole sham, and it was a complete sham. He was promising all these people, um, all these investors that, you know, he ran, you know, he was doing all this and that, and I have this person that's going to perform, and that person, and Beyonce's going to be there, and all this shit. And nobody was ever informed that they were going to perform. They were never really going to perform there. I guess Blink-182 was, but then they canceled that shit because they were like, this shit is fucking weird. Um, because even the workers back home who were like the marketing agents, they start figuring out. They have no idea what's going on over there. They're, they're in New York, and they're just doing running the press and doing the marketing and shit. And then all of a sudden, people start you know flooding uh, um the chat rooms with why they haven't got their airline tickets and why is this and, and what's going on there. And then people start posting, you know, a journalist flies over there and actually starts taking pictures of the actual site. And it's nothing like they're showing on the marketing, uh, on, on the internet. And so the marketing people start getting mad nervous too. And, and they end up at the end of all this getting stiffed on their fucking wages. They don't get fucking paid. Um, and so at one point, like two nights before, uh, they have no toilets on the island. They have no water. So they have to try to fly in a bunch of Evian water in these huge tanks. But the tanks are held at customs in the Bahamas. And so they don't have the proper paperwork to get the Evian tanks onto the island to where they could give it to people when they show up. So this dude, Pilly, calls up his assistant, who's this older gentleman, probably in his 50s. And he's uh, uh, gay. He, uh, he's just a homosexual man. And uh, admittedly so, nothing, you know, under the table or nothing like that. So this dude, Billy, calls him up and actually asks this guy, he says, can you take one for the team? And this dude says, what do you mean? He's like, I need you to suck the custom agent's dick. I ain't fooling with you. He asked this dude to go fly over there and suck the custom agent's dick so they could get the fucking permit to put the fucking water, the Evian water, on the island so people could have water to drink. And so the homie actually agrees to it, reluctantly. Now how, I don't know how he knew uh, the custom agent would want his uh, uh, shooter uh, drawled upon succulently by this motherfucker, but he went over there with the intention to suck this custom agent's dick to get this water released, and the custom agent was like, he couldn't believe the dude actually showed up. So we let him off the hook. He's like, you don't have to suck my dick. Just got to lick my balls a little bit. Nah, he didn't have to do that either. He didn't have to fucking stick a pinky in his asshole. Nothing like that. He just said, fuck it. You're really about the cause then. And he gave him the fucking permit that at least they had some fucking Evian water. But this dude called him up and made it was so bad that he asked this dude to go suck some dude's dick to try to get water. And it, not coke. Not, not, not Heron, nothing like that. Water to these motherfuckers. This dude was going to suck dick for all, the, all those people that went. 
Just know that this dude was going to suck a random dick for y'all just so you could have water. He better not be, his name better not be in any lawsuit involving this shit because he was going to suck some motherfucking dick for y'all. Some Randy Couture shit. I'll finish all over his face like he was Randy's iPhone. That's what he was going to take it like Randy's iPhone took it. He was going to take that cross the gullet just like Randy Couture's iPhone for y'all. Just so you could have some water. Think about that shit. Out of the whole documentary, that's what I took away. That this dude was going to suck dick for y'all, you ungrateful millennial fucks. But it'll make you laugh. I, I think of it as a comedy, as, as a documentary comedy. Um, shit was mad hilarious that these motherfuckers uh, got clowned and got taken for their motherfucking money. Um, it, it was crazy. And at the end, like, uh, everything falls apart. They finally cancel the whole fucking thing. And, and Ja rules on this conference call with everybody. He's trying to rally the troops. And, and they're like, he, he's trying to say uh, they, can, they can dig themselves out of this hole. They need to go on with the, with the fucking team. This team's like, we haven't been paid, motherfucker. You didn't pay us for months and months of worth of work for a year. I think they were working on this shit for a year. And they didn't get most of their fucking wages. And then this guy says, and we committed fraud. What we did was fraudulent. And Job Rule was saying, it's not fraud. It's not fraud. And then the guy says, then what was it? And, he, and Job Rule says, it was false advertising. Which is fraud, motherfucker. This dude, Job Rule, was sitting here trying to, uh, was trying to like keep going with this shit. Even after it was done, and now he's on Instagram and shit, since this shit uh, got, just like, uh, he, got, he got fucking straight up, um, he got straight up uh, R. Kelly'd in this shit. Now he's, you know, this documentary drops on him now. Now he's over there, you know, trying to save face and shit. And then this dude, Billy McFarlane, gets, he, he goes to, uh, he's, he's up for like years in, in federal prison. I think he ended up getting six years, but he was out on bail before his trial. And he's doing a document, another documentary. He's in there filming himself. Setting up other phone scams with this other dude. They're, they're over there trying to sell, like, Super Bowl tickets and shit. Uh, and, and tickets to, like, the Met Gala. They're selling tickets to people to the Met Gala. The problem with that is they don't sell tickets to the Met Gala. You have to be invited there. It's not open to the public. He's out there trying to sell shit to, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy events and shit. Movie premieres and shit. Just fraudulently. And he's recording himself doing it. On some R. Kelly shit. He's recording himself pissing on young ladies. This dude's recording himself committing fraud. While he's already on bail for fraud. This shit is crazy. Billy McFarlane is on that Adam Gase wildin', wildin', howling at the moon type shit. Another crazy motherfucker out here. Uh, fuck it, what else do we got here, man? Um, I had one crazy. Let me, let me look this shit up. Then I'll end this shit. I'll let y'all go. I won't hold y'all motherfucking hostage. Uh, what did I have? Uh, let me let me pull this shit. Up. Yes, woman raped. Not funny, by the way. I shouldn't have stopped there. Woman raped while in vegetative state. Let me finish that. While vegetative state. This shit's real, homie. This lady. Um. Yes, this shit is crazy. I think there's a nurse arrested. Nurse arrested in rape of woman in vegetative state who gave birth at Phoenix Care Facility. So this lady, 
uh, this lady is in a coma for 14 years. And after 14 years, all of a sudden, she's pregnant and gives birth after being in a coma for 14 years. So naturally, as you can imagine, if somebody's been basically asleep for 14 years, your first question is, how the figgity fook did she get pregnant? She's been in this hospital bed for 14 fucking years. So then, your only question is, somebody had to have taken her while she was in a coma against her will and impregnated her. This is some real shit. And now I guess somebody has been, a 36-year-old nurse has been arrested on suspicion of impregnating a woman in a vegetative state who unexpectedly gave, hell yeah, unexpectedly, couldn't take her to fucking Planned Parenthood or nothing like that, weekend at Bernie's type shit. You imagine this dude throwing this, ah, uh, fucked up. It's too fucked up. My bad. I was going to say, you know, carrying her out to the car like weekend at Bernie's and, and, and taking her to Planned Parenthood. It's fucking fucked up. I, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Um. God, ah, shit, there's lines, homie, fucking don't cross them, who unexpectedly, of course, gave birth last month at a Phoenix healthcare facility. A licensed practical nurse who was caring for the woman at the Hacienda healthcare facility has been arrested. I'm sure they were able, uh, sexual assault to a vulnerable adult. Oh, man, uh, DNA sample. Homie, 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 you, you, you busted in her, you left your DNA all up inside her, and you got her pregnant, and they did a DNA test. Not some fucking, uh, uh, one of those DNA fucking find out where you're from, uh, you're Scandinavian and German and all that shit. They just straight up got you. They didn't have to do all that shit. They didn't have to make you fill out the paperwork, homie. They fucking got you, and it matched the baby. His DNA matched the babies. The fucking lady gave birth, and it matched the baby. God damn. Homie should have seen that she was pregnant at like month six and been like, I'm out. He should have been flying uh, to the island where the fire festival was. Fucking setting up shop, getting one of those tents that are still laying out there and just fucking hoping nobody found him. Uh, the arrest has uh, suddenly worked in the facility since 2011. We're trying to determine whether he assaulted anyone else or if this woman was assaulted more than once. I'm sure this wasn't his first rodeo. Uh, you catch somebody stealing, it wasn't their first time stealing. Uh, you catch somebody raping, it wasn't their first time raping. Uh, we had no idea she was pregnant. They were taken by surprise by the December 29th birth. I mean, she had to have started getting bigger, right? I mean, it wasn't just like one day, oh shit, she's pregnant and a baby's coming out. Uh, telling that we had no idea she was pregnant. The woman is a member of a San Carlos Apache tribe uh, and has been in a vegetative state. The baby, I am told, is doing well. So that's good. Uh, but this is the, um, this, uh, to use my term, uh, my homie's term, uh, um, Michael Rappaport, he has, uh, the sick fuck of the week. This is the sick fuck, uh, uh of the fucking century right here. Remember back in the day, me and Whiskey did this one that was kind of similar to this. Me and Whiskey on one of the original episodes of the Whiskey Sick Podcast, we talked about the dude that was in New Mexico. He was a security guard at, <laughs> at a, uh. At, at a um, hospital and he was jerking off on people's faces and he was farting in their faces and the reason they knew that is because they took black lights and they found nut stains on people's beards it wasn't just chicks he was like beating off on dudes face and farting on dudes faces because they found fecal matter in dudes beards 
and they found nuts all over people's faces and shit. Like under, I don't know how they got tipped off. I don't remember the story exactly. But homie was like serial farting on these motherfuckers in comas, farting in their face, like sitting on their face and farting on them and then jerking off on them as well. I guess he did enough to like wipe it off. Nobody, you know, I'm sure people would have noticed, but it left residue and he got caught up. This dude took this shit. He took that homie's uh, MO and ran with it like like some Olympic um, relay race, took the baton and just hauled ass down the final stretch. This homie started, you know, he, 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 he nutted in there and she gave birth. He probably thought, if she's in a coma, I know this is what this motherfucker thought. Tell me I'm lying, homies. Tell me I'm lying when this dude thought there's no way she could get pregnant because she's in a coma. Tell me that's not what he was thinking. That's 100% what this sick motherfucker was thinking. And it bit him in the ass. It came back to bite him in the motherfucking ass. DNA'd up. That's fucking crazy. I mean... uh What's that shit? Uh, uh, 23andMe DNA. What was that shit? Uh, Ancestry.com. They didn't even have to Ancestry DNA his ass. They just took it right out the fucking baby and just fucking probably uh, went over to the hospital and took his, man. Some shit right there, man. Ain't that some shit? How do you explain that one? Well, the homie's probably like married and shit. I don't know. What if he has kids of his own? Um, damn. So, um... I don't know. Is this lady still in, in a vegetative state? I don't know. Uh, she is not in a coma. CNN is not reporting the woman's name because of this case is a sexual. Anyways, that that's some shit. I'm sure y'all heard, heard about that shit. I, I had to touch on that. I, I had that saved away. I thought that shit was fucking wild. I mean, that one's we're gonna be talking about that one for a long time. That dude's that one in the uh, the marathon that is sick motherfuckers every single day. This dude's leading the fucking pack, way leading the pack. He's he's on his his, his fucking um, his uh, his Lance Armstrong tour to France, leading the pack, yellow jersey shit. When it comes to these sick motherfuckers, he's running away with it. He's on that Tom Brady goat list. Shit, that's crazy. Um. Anyways, what the fuck? Moving right along. Uh, one more game in the NFL. Then it's on to the NBA and just uh, dope, dopier fights, hopefully. Whiskey Sick Podcast uh, keeps rocking. I told y'all I'm going to get on whenever the fuck I can. Uh, Triple Champ's doing well. Um, crying all the fucking time. This shit, yo, homies, you got kids out there, man. Uh, hats off. Salute to you. This shit is difficult. Little homies crying all the time. No, no, no. Don't think he's soft, motherfuckers. I know what you're thinking. He ain't soft. He's just a baby. He's two fucking weeks old. You know, he's crying all the time. He wants to be fed all the time. Strong little motherfucker already, but damn, he's a crier. Got to wake up every two hours in the middle of the night. We ain't sleeping. It's tough, but it's going to be all worth it uh, when we're standing uh, across the cage from uh, Conor McGregor Jr. about to steal that strap from him. Um, it'll all be worth it then, trust me. Or uh, when he drops back in that, uh, that uh, D-Boys jersey, drops back in the pocket running the RPO. Off to his right, holds it, keeps it himself up the middle, first down. NFC Championship game. Dallas Cowboys on the verge of going to their uh, 20th Super Bowl. I don't know. Hopefully by then they've already been to a few. Uh, sky's the limit for young man. Maybe maybe he takes after his old man and, and he becomes uh, the, the next GOAT rapper. Maybe he's challenging Eminem for that title, you know, come 18, 20 years from now. Who knows? Um, Come out spitting that fire, you know? 
But anyways, that's it for now, motherfuckers. I, it's fucking early in the morning. I, I'm fucking gassed. I feel like uh. I feel like I just ran a fucking marathon. Like, I did the Tour de France. But anyways, uh, this is episode number 60, 68, I believe. Um, I'm coming whenever the fuck I can, uh, as often as I fucking can, um, on the podcast and in life. You know, that's just all it is, it's about. But I'm going to come when I want to come, and, and, and I will be coming. So make sure um, you check for me. I ain't going nowhere, motherfuckers. Whiskey Sick Podcast, episode number 68. Seth Gecko, a.k.a. Moody motherfucking Hank. And there's Moody Hank. Uh, where where'd she go? Little Moody Hank. There she is. She's over there. The mascot, the Whiskey Sick uh, podcast. One-year-old German Shepherd over there. Named after yours truly. Her name's Moody Hank. She's chilling over there. She's been rocking since her day one with me. Um, I think I she was on the podcast like the day after I got her. So we still rocking, homies. So tell your homies to tell your homies. And I'm out, motherfucker.
with time if I will have a ball Cause you and I can have it all The life that shine will have it all Now you and I can have it all Heart and summer never falls Cause you and I can have it all So fucking clutch will never stop You know Just stay on the street, keep it on the deep